0: You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we're talking about how to spot a crazy woman and other related relationship advice. And we're talking to Crystal Morris, who's got some very interesting things to say. Now, When it comes to this whole idea of spotting a crazy woman, let me just say, I'm sad this is the first time I think I've really dived into this topic. Of course, you're going to hear a little bit more from Crystal on this episode, but this is something that we definitely need to have more of on the podcast. How to spot a woman who basically has the red flags. In fact, you know what? I'm going to make a note right now that we are going to be talking about that. I got to do a whole list of red flags. Maybe I've done that episode before. I just think it's been a while since I've done it and there's some new things to say. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about red flags on another episode. But we're not talking about that episode. We're talking about this one where we're talking about how to spot a crazy woman. And Crystal has even admitted here that she's had moments where she's been a little crazy, a little cuckoo, maybe a little irrational, maybe more in her emotions than she is in her logic. And she talks about some red flags and things to notice in that. And it's really cool to have her on and be able to speak to that. So it's going to be great. I want to recommend a book for you. The book I recommend to you and I recommend it to all of my coaching clients who start to graduate to the next level. You know, I get guys who work with me and they get to the point where they're getting into relationships, meeting so many women that they're finally getting more serious or guys who are just wanting casual relationships but want it with women who are not going to make their life a living hell. So how do we do that? Well, there's a great book out there. I've actually had the author on. It's called The Tactical Guide to Women by Sean T. Smith, who is a PsyD—that means he has a doctorate in psychology. So a very smart man. And actually, you know, we should probably have him on the podcast again. It's been about a year since he's been on, but he talks about how men can manage risk in dating and marriage. Very, very important stuff. So I recommend that to a lot of clients. I recommend that to you. If you want to make sure that you're looking for a woman who is going to be a good catch and not someone who's going to have any sort of mental illnesses or a woman who is going to cause you trouble or be emotionally immature or have daddy issues, right? We don't want this. We want someone who has their shit together. That's what's important. If you need more help in that area, of getting to the point where you're finding a woman where you can start even implementing the usage of red flag criteria, check out the coaching program where you can work with me one-on-one. That's at coachedbytrip.com. Of course, when you go to that, you will be applying. and When you apply, you will see that there are several videos of testimonials of guys who have worked with me so you can get an idea of how it works. So Go there if you would like to do coaching and work on that. But for now, let's talk to Crystal, where we're discovering what it takes to spot that kind of crazy woman. Here's my interview coming up now. Crystal Morris, good to have you on the podcast. How's it going?
1: Good. How are you, Tripp? Nice to be here. And thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think it'd be fun to talk to you and hear more about what you do, it it sounds just a, a little bit different than what I've heard of before in terms of other people who are in the dating coaching space, so to speak. So why don't you tell the guys and myself included, what it is that you do and who you help and what you're all about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I started out in mainly like the dating and relationship space. My whole background, um, I am not like a certified coach or anything like that. I'm working towards some official accreditations, but I kind of fell into the space a few years ago. I'm a twice divorcee. And a couple years ago I had a really good friend call me and he was like, Hey, you're pretty good at this divorce thing, right? And I'm like, Well, okay, screw you, man. What are we what are we getting at here? And um, you know, as we were talking, it found out that his wife of ten years was, you know, cheating on him and he was getting ready to go through a divorce and what I found for me was as I started talking to him on the regular, it went from you know once a week to every couple of days to hour long conversations every day. I'm like, yo, I'm basically being your coach right now. And you know, lo and behold, now a year later, he's in a happy relationship. He's gonna look at getting remarried with the woman of his dreams. Like all these things. So I kind of fell into the, initially helping you know dads after their divorce and realizing after their relationship were, was breaking down and rebuilding their their confidence. It kind of led down the path of into the dating space. And that's kind of where I thought I was going to be. And then around the end of last year, I made some major commitments. I was formerly in the tech tech space in my quote unquote day job and living this alter ego life in which I was doing (laughs) working in corporate HR for some of the biggest companies like Tesla, Amazon, and all this such. And then trying to do this like side work in the dating field on the side and having to hide my alter ego. And around the end of last year, I had just some major life-changing events, including a friend like committing suicide or, or my ex-husband committing suicide and
0: some oh, other man. things.
1: Yeah, it was, but it was, it was all really interesting and I, I you know I still miss it to this day, but part of the healing that I did with helping my friend also helped me heal the relationship with my ex-husband because I, I was you know definitely in the wrong in some of the aspects of our relationship. and I was able to kind of go back through and apologize for my, my take in it. And really own my ego of what I owned, as far as like what the deterioration and what happened with the with the breakup. And the same weekend I committed to the universe I was going to quit my job was the same weekend that he, you know, committed suicide. And so I don't in any way think that they were not intertwined. And with that, uh, you know, took a leave of absence from the corporate world. And January 11th, which I remember because it's a very you know my lucky numbers are are 11 eleven eleven, and I took a leave and you know got somehow oh, drug onto Clubhouse and stumbled into basically uh, you know Eric Everhart's room, which ended up being like all the, the porn stars and pickup artists. And I was like, I got adopted by them somehow. <laughs> they just thought I was cool and I had a good opinion. And um, you know that's where my niche has kind of landed in really transitioning that phase in relationships, explaining things in a way that is still very relatable Maybe mansplaining things back to guys a little bit, but making making it more normalized, and also bringing in that sexuality piece, which I had repressed a lot in my corporate space. So
0: so what are you making more normalized exactly?
1: Oh, I mean, I think just um conversations around sex, conversations around communication, you know, even when I've helped other guys after their divorces, like they've had this major guilt piece around the idea of wanting to go out and have sex with multiple women. And I was like, it's okay. It's called a hotation. Everyone goes through it. You'll you'll, you'll wind yourself out of it eventually, and then you know, we'll be there to pick up. You know, just like be safe. But just the the guilt associated around sex, the guilt associated around you know divorce, all of it. And I think I think you know because I've had so many of those experiences in my personal life, and I can speak to um, those. You know, it does kind of make it more of a relatable piece for someone who maybe had a perfect relationship. And, uh, you know, is selling this like idea of perfection happens only, you know, to everyone and, you know, you're imperfect in in what you are because you had to have these different learnings throughout your life.
0: Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So when guys are working with you, what are they asking you? What kind of questions do they have?
1: (sighs) I mean, it comes all over. And I think, I think that's because of my, my broad knowledge, but I tend to work more in people who are already kind of doing the work and looking to level themselves up. I don't work in the trauma space. I usually kind of resource that out. So if people are really, really um, in dark, dark places, my energy works more in kind of getting getting very... <laughs> helping men who are great in the business world, great in their prospective careers, um, who have either maybe lost motivation or just suck at dating and relationships in general. Like the guys who just constantly attract the crazy girls. That is kind of my special niche. And just also like helping them realize their full potential. I am really good about connecting from my operational skills in my, in my prior life. So I tend to think of really great ideas. And sometimes that helps them also in their business side as well.
0: Okay. So that's interesting. So the guys that attract the crazy girls.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's talk about that first. Yeah.
1: Second. <laughs> I can talk about that. Because
0: uh, I will admit it happened once to me. I definitely attracted a crazy girl. To be a little bit more sensitive about it, she did have a uh, a mental illness, so to speak. I mm-hmm. mean, it was like a borderline personality disorder. But the fact that I attracted that person into my life, I think maybe said a lot about me at the time. What mm-hmm. are you finding in terms of guys who are attracting women who are crazy? What is your definition of crazy? Oof.
1: Um, I, I mean, definitely, I mean, the clinical definition, I, I, I you know choose to kind of... You know that's something I would never try to diagnose someone, but I think it's more of a vibration. It's more of a neediness. It's an insecurity. it's It's actually funny that you mentioned that, and um, I'll, I'll mention it at the end, but I'm actually coming out with a you know the top nine women to avoid in the dating space um, as a free ebook pretty soon. So, but I think if I'm thinking about the crazy woman, it's someone who is erratic in her behavior, in either her communication style, how emotional she is how she chooses to set her boundaries. Even even something as simple as like having a a communication around what to have for dinner or like how to load the dishwasher. Sometimes people will hold things in when it's such a simple conversation to have because they're afraid of rocking the boat and they don't want to, you know, be that girl who like they want to be the girlfriend before they realize that they need to set boundaries in order for to get the respect of the of the person and, and grow that relationship and nurture it. So you have to be willing to know your own space and know your own boundaries before you can really have effective communication around them to another person. And you also have to be a little bit fearless um, and worrying that it might cause uh, you know, a riff or you might get rejected, but ultimately you're only working towards the person that is perfect for you. But yeah, if I think about particularly with clients I've worked with, it, it's some of the you know the women who will Message you late at night saying I love you, I want to see you, I want to you know do dirty things to you, and then the next day she hates your guts, or (laughs) you know women who um, maybe are a little bit erratic in their behavior, either sexually sending nudes. Um, I've had a number of male clients who have gotten groped at bars by women, and you know it's not and men complain about this. They have, yeah, actually, I mean it's it's quite the double standard I find honestly because it's. It's not that they don't appreciate being, you know, seen as attractive, but if a woman comes up to you and just grabs your penis, like at a bar, like that's, that could be considered harassment in many, in many, you know, if it was reversed.
0: 100%. You know, and,
1: and I find it so interesting that, you know, they, they kind of politely shrug it off, but if it was on the other side, it would immediately be assault. assault.
0: Oh, they'd get arrested. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And, you know, and they kind of, they, they kind of sit in it in silence being like, is this normal? Um, Is this the kind of woman that I'm attracting? Because there is that question of like, what kind am I putting out there of, you know, that the women feel like they can do this to me.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever considered yourself
1: a crazy woman? Ooh. Um, I would not say crazy. I would say in my second marriage, I was a bit erratic with my actions. Um, I'll give a How little so? example. Yeah. So... My first marriage, I was with the same person. I was with a a sociopath and a a narcissist for 10 years. So
0: I mean, a clinical, are we talking about here? Yes, clinical. Or are you just saying that?
1: Yeah, very clinical. He he was more or less a a pathological liar. So to this day, I still don't know the truth about a lot of things. But when we got divorced after he started cheating on me and uh, tried to suit me for spousal support... (laughs) I, I thought I did the work. I went to counseling for a, you know a couple of years, but it never really went deep enough, and so I still had this underlying wound of insecurity. And you know, I was thirty, didn't know I was cute, getting divorced, and so it was one of those things where I was constantly dating like people that were all sorts of wrong for me. And If you had a faux hawk and abs, I was immediately attracted to. It was just a horrible, horrible state to be in. And so, in my second marriage, I ended up marrying the really nice guy. you know, the guy who did everything I wanted, didn't really question. I could just kind of be the alpha. But long story short, as we um, transitioned with our life, we ended up moving back to Hawaii, um where I was significantly in a higher position in him financially, and I ended up sabotaging the marriage. And you know, if I think of the the level of crazy I was at, I was making very irrational decisions that also involved my career because I was also sleeping with subordinate, um, which I'm not something I'm proud of, but it's something that I can speak openly about now that I'm no longer in the corporate space. So I think it has happened to a lot of people and I, le- I left with so much shame from it because I eventually, I didn't get fired for that reason, but I definitely believe that was part of why I probably was let go. But I ended up sabotaging the crap out of my marriage. I was cheating on him I was lying, I was manipulative, and it wasn't until well after that I was able to be like, "Wow, I really blew that up. Like I was not a good person, I was not able to own my own authenticity around being able to just say I didn't love him anymore and just ending it in an honorable manner. you know, and when I had my first my friend who called me for for help, that was kind of part of my unlock was hearing his story, I was able to reflect, and it was like a mirror. Back on myself of like, wow, I really screwed up. Like I did a lot of really bad things. And it was a huge part of my healing process and also like crushing the bit of ego that I had around that I had nothing to do with my the breakdown of my marriage, that it was his fault.
0: What do you Um, think you regret the most in all that?
1: You know, I am a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So I, I would never say that I would never have gotten married. Um, I think it did teach me some very valuable lessons around long-distance relationships and when to commit to someone. Um, but I think the biggest thing was uh, just the pain that it inflicted on my second husband. He definitely was a tortured soul. When he committed suicide, he he was in another relationship and there definitely was some some damage in, in the new woman that he was attracting. Um, but... I would never wish suicide on anyone. And I think that's why I'm a big uh, mental health advocate also, because I've lost two male friends to it. And so it was a huge epiphany for me of the way that women can affect a man, either positively or negatively. And the power that we hold in trying to either be a, a huge support or you know break them down and how often they sit in silence and try to fix things, even when they, a lot of things are not able to be fixed.
0: So interesting. So, when guys are coming to you, Mm -hmm. what else are they saying about women that they meet that are crazy?
1: There's usually that. Um, Sometimes it's about sex, you know, and and how to perform better. You know, as far as women that they meet that are crazy, it's a lot of like, why can't I find a good woman? Why can't I, you know, find someone within my, my my search radius? Or you know, I live here, and you know, all the women aren't. Educated enough, they're not able to own their own identities. Um, I think it, it's a lot. Of, it's very interesting because one thing I, I do think about COVID is it definitely, to me at least, has reframed the idea of how I think about dating and being able to think more, you know, nationally if not globally. Because the reality, the, the concept that your perfect person is a hundred mile radius away seems you know insane to me when there's you know how many billion people on the planet. And so I'm not saying to like go fly to Budapest to find your soulmate, but I think that there is some idea that someone might be in a different state and being open to the idea of travel and being open to the idea of communication long distance. But whew, I mean, I think if we're thinking about relationships in general, I think the, the biggest thing is, is always shining the light on yourself of, are you embodying what you are looking for in a partner? And that's kind of what I asked them back of like, okay, if you're saying you want these things, is that is that what you show up? And are you also willing to not negotiate on those things?
0: Got it. Like what specifically?
1: Mm. A lot of what I get is going to be you know, someone who is financially stable, someone who knows who they are, someone who honors their boundaries around their physical needs. A lot of the men who I've, know, I've worked with too, um, they kind of date these women who basically make the relationship their entire life. So then they'll they'll lose girlfriends or they'll um, essentially make everything into the man. Like that becomes their entire identity. And the, the, in doing that, they also miss the point that that's not the woman who this man fell in love with. It was the woman who had this light, had this excitement, had hobbies. <laughs> if I'm thinking about one of my closest friends, he's like, if I have to hear one more story about how her day went, when the days are just blending into each other, I might stab myself in the eye. Like he just, <laughs> he just wants to hear something different, you know. And so I challenge him with, okay, like when was the last time you brought a book to the table or, or brought like a new a new topic, you know, like because you have to be improving yourself also. But I think there is this insatiable desire for someone to have a partner who's going to make them better, um, you know, to mirror their best behavior but also like elevate them to a level that they want to be you know seen in their best light and not just you know go with the status quo of okay we're going to watch Netflix and order in pizza like i think a lot of people nothing's wrong with that like i'm i'm down with Netflix although i personally have not watched tv in probably about 9 months but I think there's, there's room for play, but I think there's also a lot of room for people who want some severe level of growth, um, whether it be intellectual, the whole term sapiosexual is thrown out way, possibly too much. Um, I don't know if everyone truly embodies that, but, um, the fact that people are embracing, um, you know, intelligence as a uh, sexual attractiveness, absolutely take it. Like, I think I'll take that any day. Like if someone cannot stimulate my mind, they are not going to stimulate my body.
0: Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're talking about this idea of if a guy ends up meeting a woman who he deems as crazy, you're saying that Mm -hmm. he's projecting something that is attracting that.
1: I think there are still going to be some one-offs, you know, even the best of us have our, have our off days, even myself. But I think with that, uh, I think if it's a, if it's a pattern, then there is something innate in him that is still attracting it. Whether there's a wound, um, from a previous relationship, whether it's a wound from a mother, there is something either that an, an attachment style that he's still attracting that neediness or level of toxicity or drama in his in his relationships. I know I personally am not a big fan of drama. So if someone brings that into my life, they are very quick to get cut out. I'm not a person that likes to argue. Some people love that. I, I just don't understand it. Now, that being said, there are going to be one-offs, but I think that's a lesson for very well-balanced people where we're very quick to see the red flags, you know. So it, it's a very short-lived lesson of like, oh, yep, yeah, my intuition was pretty right on that. Glad I cut that out pretty quickly. You know, you don't you don't get into a relationship with crazy. You just, you know, maybe date it.
0: How can a guy spot this? Are there any clues, hints, red flags, so he doesn't get caught into a relationship or dating a woman who he deems crazy or unfit?
1: Yeah, I think one. Having clear communication around what you're looking for in a person, and even I, I always encourage them, my guys to have a list like what what is something that you're looking for in a woman, and you know, that goes beyond the superficial like looks, but also like what does she embody in her in her behavior? does she communicate effectively? How does she react when things go wrong? I think that's a huge one
0: that's a big one. I'm glad you mentioned that. Tell me about that yeah. Let's talk about it
1: um actually, I'll give a great example um so one of my good friends, the one who was actually looking at getting married, um, he was driving to go see his girlfriend. Um, you know, because they live pretty far away in California, and she's a doctor. And when he was driving to go see her, she had messaged him saying that she was disappointed that he was running late, and that she expected that he you know would have done better. And as a as a divorcee, um, the word you know disappointed and uh, do better was like a very triggering word for him because that's things that his ex wife used to say. And he almost turned the car around and he called me and I was like, okay, let's talk through this. And, you know, really the biggest thing was, yes, the word's wounded. But I said, I said, look, this is the thing you've been asking for because he wasn't sure whether he wanted to propose until he kind of saw a trial with her, until he saw how they were going to work through things. So we kind of laid out a plan of like, okay, this is what you're going to, what you're going to talk about. You're going to explain this to her about how this feels and, and then lay out a plan of like what this communication is going to look like going forward. And it led into a really great conversation about, not just the fact that they were talking about getting married, but they were talking about having kids in their 40s. You know, And she's a doctor, he's you know accomplished. And I was like, okay, who's going to take care of the kid? And they hadn't had that discussion. And so with that, it led to even greater openings around how do we do this? How do we work as a team? I'll give one more quick example is I was recently in Austin this last weekend while I was buying a house. And I I went for a run with a, a man who I'm starting to see. And um, we agreed. Uh, he said, what, what, what feels good? I was like, five miles sounds good. So what he didn't tell me was that... In, five miles?
0: Like a five-mile run?
1: Five-mile run. Yeah. Sorry. Okay.
0: Um, what, what what date is this?
1: this I mean, we... I guess I would say it was like our second date. Like we, we, we've we been second friends... Second
0: date and you're doing a five-mile run.
1: We've been friends for a long time online uh, and, and okay. kind of had been talking but never had actually met. So it was, it was kind of a long-lived... Friendship turn okay. relationship. Okay, continue. Um, but uh, we went for a five mile run, and what he didn't tell me, and he's he's a active like he does tri- triathlons and these type of things. What he didn't tell me is in his mind he likes to set his goal beyond what he commits to. And so as we hit my mile five, mile six, I'm kind of like, okay, are we almost done? In my head, and I actually start getting very frustrated myself um, because I was not performing to my level that I knew I could because my legs, my my hips were really starting to hurt. Because I don't do that type of mileage all the time, and you know, we finished the run. It was about seven and a half miles when we finally finished up, and I kind of like centered myself and I said, like, "Hey, like, the thing you need to know about me is that I am a woman where if I say I'm going to do five miles, I'm going to do five miles. If I'm going to be ready in an hour, I'm going to be ready in 50 minutes. Like, I always commit or overpromise or underpromise what I'm going to deliver. So I said, you know, ultimately, as we were going beyond the point that I had committed to what started going through in my head was that I was underperforming and I got very frustrated with myself. So in the future, when we agree on a distance or a time or whatever this is, can you just check in with me on that period and see how I'm doing so that I can re-mentally commit to the next phase of what we want to do together?
0: So you're just trying to communicate with him honestly so he understands where you're at. Exactly. Cool. What's an example of something... Where you're telling a guy to do that for whatever reason?
1: Hmm. I think something as simple as you know when when she's getting ready, right? So if if she is the person who says she's gonna be ready at five, and she's not ready till six, that's not respecting his time.
0: That's frustrating.
1: That's extremely frustrating.
0: I know a lot of guys who get frustrated by that.
1: You know, and I I also know the opposite where a guy had um, a girl who she kept pulling pushing up the time, and he worked you know for himself, so he built this entire day around trying to take her out to dinner at this specific time. And she kept asking if she could pull up the time. And then he constantly had to rearrange his schedule. So I think setting boundaries around like, hey, I want to be able to provide this for you um, at this time. In order to do that, I need to accomplish this during my day. And I think there needs to be very effective communication around boundaries around work. Like in order for a man to feel like he's succeeding... He needs to have all facets of his life you know, going in effectiveness, whether it's fitness, whether it's money, whether it's his career. And I think it's all part of pillars that really make a whole person. Because I've never really seen someone really uh, attract their, their ideal partner if something is off.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Let's rewind a little bit back yeah. to spotting more red flags yes. that tells you the woman is not all there, maybe a little unstable. <laughs> What else you got?
1: Whew, let's see what else. I think also, yeah, I hate to go with it, but I'm also going to go with money. I feel like
0: that's some, a big one.
1: Someone who, uh, and that's a big one in relationships. Um, but I think someone who is not able to manage their money effectively is someone I would be personally um, in, hesitant to get into a relationship with because. You know, I think there is value in someone who has worked towards getting to things. Um, someone who has constantly had things paid for for them does not value money in the same way. And, I, and I'm and i probably going to be like, you know, pitchforked by many women, but I am sick of the women who constantly are saying, well, where's my king? Where's this, this man that I expected, you know, treat me like a queen? Well, I'm sorry, unless you're worthy of being a queen, you don't deserve it. Like, what work are you doing to put towards the household? What work, work are you doing in order to... You no, know, show value towards someone because otherwise you're just a pretty face. And right. I'm sorry, pretty is, a, is an expiring commodity. Like that, that depreciates year over year.
0: Right, that's true. That's very true. So what else are you bringing to the table? Mm-hmm. What do you think women should bring to the table in a relationship?
1: <sighs> I think the first is going to be intelligence. Um, I think a smart woman will know how to communicate effectively. She will know how to provide for herself. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've, I've heard from people is, you know, it's not that I need a man to provide for me, but it's, it's nice when people feel like they could be a partner because I'm letting them, you know, co-create with me. I think the second portion is going to be empathy and having a softness and someone who a man can feel safe around. I think that's so huge because
0: safe in what way? In- so I feel like that's more for a woman. No, it, it, women want to feel more safe than a man.
1: I think women want to feel protected and provided for. I think men want to feel safe around their woman where he can be himself, let his guard down.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: And not worry about being attacked. Because if I'm thinking about relationships and how you know things can build up if people don't communicate, you know, the, the simple idea of like, if you've let the toilet seat up for 10 times and she's held it in, And then all of a sudden you just like drop your sock the wrong way and she blows up at you. That's not, you know, effective communication that's getting attacked. Right. Um, The
0: old cliche of the nagging housewife.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, You know, the nagging, the mothering, you know, it's, it's that trust factor. It's, it's men want a woman who is going to trust them. And even if you don't have all the answers, the fact that we can say, Hey, you know what? I know you have our best interest at heart. I'm here if you need me. But I trust you to make like to make these decisions or or like do these things for us, because if we're constantly second guessing, then what's the point?
0: Sure, yeah, yep, very good. okay, so any other red flags?
1: Hmm. I think the last one I think sex, I think sex is also a major one too. Um, someone who- How so? I think someone who is either too um out of alignment with what he's looking for, I think a lot of times people will hide their true intentions around what they like about sex because they don't want to be too forward or they don't want to be too too vanilla. So some people most men who I know coming out of divorces don't even really know what they like. You know, so I've had people coming out and be like, "Oh my god, I just had the best sex I've ever had." and like, "Cool, but you also haven't had sex for the last 5 years because your wife has held out on you." So let's, you know, like you're Just getting to taste the buffet again, like, let's kind of get you through this. But I think someone who is very confident in her own sexuality, who can do it in a classy manner, but also doesn't have to have the attention from other men in order to validate herself. So I think, you know, someone who doesn't need to like constantly be posting selfies or constantly have to, you know, post things online um, in order to get that verbal affirmation. I think the biggest question a lot of times comes from even the idea of people doing online dating and like having having women who are maybe like playing the game or playing the field and where the man might actually be more monogamous most often than than she is and I obviously I'm going to say that there are probably both sides to every story but I actually feel like men by nature really want just connection and love you know I think the sex is part of their ingrained nature Um, And what they desire out of, you know, that's how they feel connected. But at least, you know, in the 30s, 40s and on, like, I don't really feel like that's their primary goal. Really, they're looking more for that connection piece and someone who's going to like, allow him to be his best by getting energy and getting, you know, sexuality from this woman. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that fully made sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, makes sense to me. Cool. (laughs) Awesome. Is there anything else that you want to add that you think can help guys on their search for finding a good woman?
1: <sighs> I think getting very clear with yourself of what you're looking for. And I always I always encourage people, one, when they're coming out of a breakup or a long-term breakup of getting clear what they what who they even are first. I always have my clients make a list of like things that make them happy. Cause sometimes they don't even know because they've lived in this relationship for 10 years and or you know, however long and you kind of merge with that person and then they come back out of it. They're like, no, I really don't like mimosas on a Sunday morning. Like I want to you know, go golf and have a beer. And, and so they get more clear about who they are and what makes them happy and doing, starting doing those things again. I don't care what's on it. I don't care if it's tacos. I don't care if it's puppies. Like just know what makes you happy. Because a, a lot of times too, when you have those alone moments, it's a really great reference point to be like, yeah, this is my list of shit that makes me happy. And I can go back to it all the time and and reference and you know pick something off that list that can even be as simple as like a taco or a candy bar, like whatever it looks like. But I think the second part of it is having a very clear idea of your your ideal person. Um, and obviously that can include physicality and and certain aspects and attributes that you look for. But I think also having a list of non-negotiables around what am I not willing to settle on? because I think when we start making those little micro, Negotiations with ourselves—that's when we really continue to deteriorate the best person that we can attract. And I think it's it's because like, oh, they're close enough, and so we settle, and and not being afraid to be alone. I think that's the, that's the one thing probably COVID has taught a lot of us is you know how to be alone, how to sit in that space. And for some people, it's been really freaking scary because they're not used to having to be by themselves. So I think those are just a couple key takeaways. I mean, I am. I'm definitely I'm excited. I actually just got uh, inspired last night and I started writing my uh, Stop Attracting Projects and Love uh, little ebook that I'm going to be putting on my website soon. So, Is
0: that just for men?
1: Yes, for men. Yep.
0: Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have yeah. a link for us so guys can check that out?
1: I will get it to you as soon as it's up. It's going to be a PDF that I'm going to send out. So I'll probably um, get that up probably in the next week or so. But um, if anyone wants to connect with me on Instagram, I would be happy to send out a a early early version once it's all pretty
0: cool what is your instagram and we'll put that in the show notes so guys can dm you and follow you
1: yeah it is a masculine research institute
0: okay perfect we will put that in the show notes crystal this was awesome thanks for being here and sharing some of your wisdom with us and also being honest with us about your past and and the relationships you've been through any last words you want to say to the guys
1: uh, I, I just genuinely love men. I adore them. Um, and this has become my life's work to help them in whatever way I can. So hopefully I'll see more people on Clubhouse. Um, and I'm definitely very active on Instagram. So if anyone needs anything, I'm there until my website's up and running. But thank you for having me, Tripp. This was awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, it was great on my end too. So thanks for being here, Crystal. Really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely.